Hello and welcome to the Final Whistle podcast. Today we're here for another Friday Night Ramble and I'm joined by Aaron again. How are we doing, mate? I'm, I'm good, mate. I'm good. We've made it for, uh, for part two now, which is quite quite remarkable after the first one. Um, I actually think... But, uh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I thought the first one was a success. I think it went down really well. Yeah, it was good. There was a couple of cans involved. This, one, this one's a lot more tame. You know, it's the... Cardiff City tea tonight um, for for oh, me. Yeah. Orange and mango squash for this one. <laughs> Very uh, nice. But look, I, I, I'm absolutely fine, mate. Do you know what? It's been, it's been good for me. Um, Rangers proved uh, that um, there's still one top team in Scotland and it's not them. And, uh, but, you know, I'm more interested in you. I mean, I mean we'll, we'll come on to the game soon, but that must have been some some night uh, on, was it Wednesday? It was Wednesday, wasn't it? Uh, Tuesday, Tuesday. So I mean, Tuesday, yeah. I'd love the back of the week as well. Um, yeah, I mean, what a day, what a day. Um, for you who have got us on TikTok, you would have seen my journey um, from here in Leytonstone, London, all the way to the city ground. Um, you know what? I had so much fun filming that TikTok, but I forgot about it until I was on the train. That's why it started <laughs> on the train. All day, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And then I remembered as I was on the train. Um, and then, yeah, I, I really enjoyed doing it. I mean, especially once I had a couple of beers and I was kind of letting loose a bit more. Mm. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, it was absolute class. And it's, it's always class as well, knowing that you know the outcome as well. So it's like, you know, have a great day, but then obviously you have, you have the result to celebrate it as well. Well, we can say that video would never have, um, would never have been published if Forrest had lost. It would have been a waste of my time. But Forrest won. Um, so yeah, leading on to that. So yeah, Forest beat um, Sheffield United on penalties in the end um, after a tough a tough second leg. Um, I feel like Forest dominated the first leg. I thought we were very strong in the first leg. I think we were unfortunate to um, to concede the the goal late on in the in the first leg. Um, and yeah, I, I still think that say first half of the of the game on on Tuesday we we performed very well. Um, it's just the contrast between us now and say us at the start of the season is obviously unreal. Um, and yeah, I mean, very tricky second half. Obviously, we expected them to be fighting, and they did. Um, and yeah, two two scrappy goals for them. I'd say. I mean, we could have defended a bit better, but I think it was deserved. I think they deserved to, to score. They they were in it much more <clears throat> in the second half. It's, weird. it's a strange game because they were a much better team in the second half, but they still look quite toothless. What's the guy up front? And die, and die, but and die, like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, his movement was class. He's just not a very good finisher. But I mean, Baldock had a fantastic game at right back. He was he was brilliant, especially that second half. And uh, also Morgan Gibbs White, a player who I don't really know enough about him to why it's not worked out at Wolves, but he was rated really highly. Whenever he's gone alone, he's done well. And he looks like someone who could do a job in the Premier League. Um, he, he just looked a class above, apart from his penalty, which I'm sure, sure we'll come on to. But um, yeah, now look, Forrest sort of went in their shell the second half, got away with it a little bit, and I had a chance at 2-2, which he should have done better. And then, of course, right an extra time right at the end. What an amazing um, save by Bree Samba. It was unbelievable. Uh, um, 
uh, unbelievable save. That one of the best saves I've seen. Um, it was it was brilliant. Um, and saying that, Joe Lawley had a couple of chances when he came on. Uh, he actually just knew that he was going to miss that penalty to win it. He's I don't know, you know, what what he was all about when he came on. But um, I actually think the game changed when Davis came on. Davis came on just after two one, and actually his ability just to hold. Yeah, just the ability to hold the ball up and actually pose questions to the Sheffield United defenders because they were actually scared. If I, I don't know if I swear this one, but I will anyway. Shitless. Um, they were scared yeah, shitless. Of them. It's Friday Night Rumble. We're allowed to swear. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Um, yeah, so yeah, they, 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 they were scared of um, of Davis. Yeah, he changed the game. And you actually look at their squad depth now. Um, and it's actually quite strong for us. I think it's like subtly strong. You don't mm. think it is, but then... Um, yeah, it, it, it was really good. I'm really happy they came through. And a special mention, a special mention, because I did ask you in the last ramble about the impressions of Scott McKenna. What a fucking pass for the goal, by the way. What yeah. a ball. I didn't know the boy had it in him. It's not the first time this season, man. It's not the first time this season. I told you, he's been making those runs. Yeah. I don't know if he's a lefty or right or whatever he is. What a ball with that left foot. I mean, that was unbelievable. Yeah. That was yeah, unbelievable what, but it was a great finish actually by Johnson as well. I thought he had a much better game, Johnson, um, to what I saw him against Bournemouth yeah. um, a couple of weeks ago. But uh, yeah, no, I'm delighted. I was delighted for you as well, mate. I, you deserve it. Um, I do like Forrest. I just when Kiefer Moore scored that goal, it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's only good it's Kiefer Moore. Yeah. But um, I, re- I, really hope, I really hope they, they go and do it now. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, obviously going back to kind of the squad depth, Cooper's always been this season. It's, it, let's not let's forget about the injury. It's always next man up, next man up, next man up. So we've had periods of this season where, obviously, yeah, Surridge has been our main striker now for the last six weeks since um, Davis has been out, and he says he's been putting a good performance. Um, but the thing with Surridge playing ahead of ahead of Davis is it's just that physicality just not there. Um, mm. they, it's him, Surridge and Johnson have had really good partnerships. Obviously, Surridge has been. Assisting uh, Johnson a lot. Johnson's been assisting Surridge a lot, but it's just that hold-up play um, and driving at the driving at the defense, which Keenan Davis did so well. So yeah, as, as you kind of said, I think the game changed when he came on. I think mm. I think it's it's going to be harsh on on Surridge, um, but I think if you've got a fully fit um, Keenan Davis, you need to start him um, against Huddersfield. I think. Very harsh on, on Surridge. And um, I think it would be a very tight call to make. But I think you've got... In the occasion it is, I think you need the hold-up play, especially because um, Huddersfield don't like teams counter-attacking either. So, from kind of watching them this season, it's very hard to counter-attack against, against Huddersfield. So, if you've got that play, you can hold up the play, switch it. I, I think that's what we need to do. But, yeah, going on to that penalty shootout... Um, well, I'd say again, Sam saved us in the in the dying embers of that of that second half of extra time. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, so like I said, what a save! I mean, the boys should score, but it was actually against on a play because you guys were on top of that point. But um, yeah, no, it was a great save. And then penalties. Actually, it's very rare you see a goalkeeper saving a ball straight at him. So uh, it was it was strange, and you were to put your money on Norwood and who were hand to score their penalties uh, for for United. But uh, brilliant! I mean, how brilliant. strong is Samba's wrist? Like he yeah. just bounced off his wrist. Like come on! Uh, yeah, I mean he's, he's he's got good charisma. I mean, 
not seen that much of him. I, I remember seeing him, was it this season? We against Derby when you conceded in like the 97th minute, or was that the season before and bat and Sam, but maybe in last season or something, and, and the keeper made a really he made a, rec- a stupid mistake right in the last minute. Seen him against Cardiff, which he was really shaky every time he had the ball on his feet. Um, it was like suspect from crosses, but he just I, I can imagine like you got you lot like loving him because he's just very charismatic, isn't he? Yeah, that's the thing. Like he's he's a very he's he's a big player, uh, big game player. Um, he, I get, the thing is, you'd love him, but then he just he does do some stupid shit and just like fucking hell, come on now. Like what he'd like, he made that mistake against Leicester where he was running out, and then he, he got sent off just after that as well. Um, but that's the thing, you, you want someone with a bit of charisma behind him. I think Cooper said in his in his um, post match interview that he was saying that he just loves the spotlight. And I mean, when you put in performances like that, then he deserves the spotlight. I think at the end of the game, he was he was dancing to just can't get enough in Ryan Yates's shorts. Loving life. It's just say so the guys are the thing is the guy's gone down as a legend already now. And I know that's very early to say and and say I know we haven't got we haven't won the final yet or whatever. But I mean when you put in a performance like that, um and yeah, I think strong penalties. Steve Cook's penalty, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable. I I mean yeah, well honestly, when uh, when you guys are three one up, they need to score their next two penalties. You've got two chances to score as well. Then Joe Lolly blazes the penalty. What or what are you thinking? What are you thinking then? Yeah, I mean, uh, the whole penalty shootout, I was like, I didn't know what to do with myself because it was at our end as well. What was it? Okay. So I was there like, obviously, like people left, like people went downstairs, they couldn't do it. So they'd gone, like waited downstairs in the concourse. Really? Uh, now people turning their backs. Um, and I was there, I'd say, for the first two minutes there, first goals to Forest, and then I hold my dad's hand for one of their penalties, they scores. I'm like, get the fuck off me now, get the fuck off me, I'm getting back into it. Um, but yeah, no, when so when, when Lolly missed, like you, you kind of knew it was going to be a penalty that was missed. I think that Kafu was, say, obviously got enough power to get his penalty in, but that was... That was I, I honestly, this was just run up. I just looked at him. I was like to my flatmate, nah, he's missing this. There's no, no way he's scoring this. Yeah. <laughs> Got away with it. L- l- luckily, it was following up in goal. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm, so I'm happy you see. I, I knew the, I think after those penalty saves, you, you, you kind of went, whew, a bit of relief after that. Um, mm. um, and then, yeah, there's the celebrations afterwards. <laughs> Mm, yeah, well, I'll come on to that in a minute. Just, I, I should, we should briefly touch on Huddersfield, um, boring old Huddersfield town, which is like good for me if they go up. It's, it's saving grace because just down the road, I can go to maybe a, a couple of Premier League games next season. Um, but they they won one nil. Jordan Rhodes still banging them in. Fair play to him. I, I mean, I've got to be honest, I didn't catch much of the game. I wasn't that interested. I actually got offered tickets to the game, and I was like, no thanks. I would rather go to the gym and just do nothing um, but um, fair play to them they're, they're, they're in the final they've had a great season yeah that's um, they, they, they yeah. Played, they've had good, like I say a really good season and um, again I think they're probably second to Forest in the season the most unexpected turnaround really at the start of the season you wouldn't have thought they would have finished in, in the playoffs they're not alone say third as well um, 
and say they've been in most of the games they've been very solid defensively. So Toflo's had a great season. I know he's probably one of your standouts um, from that team. And and yeah, Jordan Rhodes was what everybody hates about Jordan Rhodes. He comes in, comes on, and and scores a goal. And say, what's the stat like? He scored like hundred and some like hundred and thirty odd goals now in the championship. Yeah, his record's really good, and and um, I don't know something. But he had that obviously that mad season in Huddersfield in League One, where he scored what was it like forty two goals or something. Yeah. Um, but he's sort of went off the real the boil for a little bit. It sort of went went missing, but he's come back. And look, if you put the ball in the six yard box, you'll score, or in the box, you'll put in the net. I do think they're very solid at the back, Huddersfield. You know, the, the lad they've got from Chelsea, um, mm. Levy Cobble. Uh, he, he, he's, he's a really good uh, player. Um, it's a strange team. They're just sort of like, because it's a bit like with Luton. It's like Luton had a great team, but you look at them and you're thinking individually, there's mm. not really much there. But then just as a collective, they've just done so well. Um, actually, we'll probably do another pod focusing on the championship for next season, a nice wee preview. But I actually worry for Luton next season. I think next season is going to be a massive struggle for them mm. um, from from all the highs there to then drop. Yeah, I mean, kind but of two minds about Like, I kind of think that they, it's a little bit of like a half-and-half half situation. I think it depends on how strong their transfer window is. If they sell mm. their... If they sell the striker, I forgot what his name is from the top of my head. Um, he's valued. If he, if they get eight, Adebayo, Adebayo. There you go, yeah. If they yeah. sell him for eight or nine million pounds, then Nathan Jones has got eight or nine million pounds to, to spend with, theoretically. And you can actually mm. buy a couple of one, two million pound players, which will actually do a great deal to that squad. So I, I don't think they'll have a, as much of a good season as they have this season, next season, but I still think they probably will be pushing top half playoffs if they mm. keep that if they keep the momentum going from this season so again it was a tighter game I think between um, Huddersfield and Luton than it was obviously the Forest Sheffield United game so I know the way it, it ended and stuff but I think it was a lot there's a lot more um, the two teams were very similar um, in terms of the game itself so obviously Huddersfield broke free and got their goal yeah, well, I mean, I was looking at it on paper, for Sheffield United, it's basically like, like the final, looking at prestige and clubs. That was you know, the big game anyway. Um, so now we're going to come on to it. For me, uh, to call it a rant, it's just the, my first big discussion. So you talk about celebrations at the end of the game. It happened at Huddersfield. It happened at the City Ground as well. I can't be hypocritical. When my team got one of the playoff semi-finals in 2010, they do it as well. Why the fuck... Do fans run on the pitch celebrating, start hugging their, t- their team, congratulating them when they've not got promoted or won anything? I don't fucking get it. Can you please, as a Forest fan, enlighten me on it? Because I did not understand it. From a Forest point of view, this is the biggest thing that's happened to our club in 30 years. Um, like... You've not won anything. You've exactly. not won. You're not. You're not promoted yet. I don't I mean, get it. We've never. We've never even been to Wembley yet. Do you know what I mean? Like we haven't done anything. Um. But yeah, no. I. I I'm very. I wasn't intending on going onto the pitch at all. Um. Not. I wasn't. I wasn't there waiting for the final whistle or for Samba to say the penalty and run on. Um. I kind of went on the pitch for the content. Really, I didn't. Really, I. I wasn't really going to go onto the pitch. 
Um, I, don't, I don't understand it personally either. Um, I think that I, I think emotions just run high. You know, I, I mean, when you're in that stadium and the pressure's off and you know you've got to Wembley, like especially for like championship teams, getting to Wembley is such a big deal um, and such a big occasion. It's probably for like most of the, like the bottom half of the Premier League as well. It's very, it's an FA Cups, League Cups are dominated by obviously you, obviously Man City's, Liverpool's, Chelsea's. So, say so the occasion itself, like, is inevitable it's going to happen. As, as many wardens as you put around the pitch, there's even a guy on, a, on an electric scooter going across the pitch of the city going, how the fuck did he get over the barriers? Uh, like, um, but yeah, no, well, look, I get it, I get it, but. If a team gets a semi-final of the League Cup, mm. you don't see them running on the pitch. Yeah. I just think you've got egg in your face. You, you, you do all that. And you, obviously, there was a lot of controversy at the end of the game with, with the whole Billy Sharp incident. Mm. Uh, the only good thing to come out of it is that prick, Ollie McBurney, has been arrested. And I will call him a prick because he is a prick. Mm. Um, getting what he deserves. But um, with... It's absolutely mental. It's mental. I don't. I still don't understand it. But especially, actually, I mean, I get it from a Forest point of view, but from a Huddersfield point of view, they got promoted a few years ago through the playoffs. You mm. know, doing it that way. Why are you running on the pitch? Like, why? You've not done anything. You've not done anything. If you win, if you get promoted, then you go and you do the victory parade. You get on the bus. You do all that shit, and that's when you do your your whole big celebrations. It's just something that I just do not get. I don't understand it. Um, even from a Forest point of view, if if they lose that final, let's just say they lose the final and get, and they get cuffed 3-4-0, people are going to be like, Cooper out, he bottled it, that was his one chance. So from hugging, kissing him, you know, celebrating uh, Sa- or Samba, worshipping him, he might make a blunder, or oh, Samba out, not fit enough to, to, to wear the gloves. Yeah. I just, I, I just don't get it. Yeah, the thing is, I, I kind of get both points of view being in the, like, the mind frame that I'm at at the moment in terms of, <laughs> like, so I'm very, like, before the game, I said I wasn't going to go on the pitch. Again, I went on the pitch because it kind of died down by the time I kind of decided to go on and just film a little video and then came straight back off again. Um, the, the the Billy Sharp incident was just ridiculous. Like, what a twat. Like, yeah. Been jailed, been jailed so yeah. quickly. Actually, he's been jailed. Good, good as well. I, I, that's the thing, it just marred such a good occasion for the club as well. Like, again, we've never we haven't been to the new Wembley, we haven't been to Wembley in 30 years. Like, as much as Billy Short was even an ex Forest player who fans actually liked, and we've ra- we raised money for his charity in the past, and we've done ra- a lot with Billy Sharp. So, I just yeah. don't understand his way of what, anything about that. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And football then, fans in general, isn't it? It's like, it's, it's way football fans are in general. Like, we've um, got a story at the Huddersfield game that say one of the Huddersfield fans slapped the back of a Luton player on the head, and it's just like be gracious with your with your victories. You know what I mean? Like again, at the end of the day, it's it's, it's a passionate game, but the, the players still their safety shouldn't come at risk from it. And no, it's shocking. And 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 then again, at the same time, obviously, as you're saying about Ollie McBurney, like I don't. Get what the fuck he was doing either. Like, it's, Dave, it's, mate, that was horrible. Like stepping on his chest, like yeah. with his with his boot. That is very, very, very serious. Like, like, the is, I, I get it. Like, if it was connected to obviously the Billy Sharp incident, which obviously it, from the footage shows it, it doesn't look like it was. Uh, you'd understand backing up your teammate, but you wouldn't go to the extent of stomping on someone, holding somebody back, giving somebody a push, 
is understandable backup. But in this situation, it's like obviously he's been taunted at. He's as you said, he's a he's a prick. You're going to be taunted at, but you can't react like that, especially in the day and age with so many phones which would are on. Like he, he's just building a such a shit reputation for himself. I think he's always been like that. To be fair, it's just it's just coming out, you know. Um, We've seen him at Cardiff, but the thing is, Cardiff Swansea games before and and stuff. Yeah, like look, yeah, but yeah, but even even when he was younger as well, uh, like he's always had that sort of aura about him. Like, look, he, he, even Sheffield United fans that, that I know living here in Leeds, um, twenty million pound signing, they can't stand them. They generally can't stand them, uh, and me. Being following Scotland, obviously, being Scottish, um, I don't want anyone near the team. I always, I always remember that game against Serbia, which he actually scored a penalty in the shootout, one to get into the Euros. Um, Lyndon Dykes was playing well, was doing all right, but Burnley comes on, he doesn't do anything and, and put us in the back foot. Like he's, he's not even a good player. Uh, but, but just from a human level, that's really dangerous because he steps his chest once and then he went to do it again and didn't make contact. I think it was to do with something with Riyad Brewster. Uh, I found what tried to don't know if he said something to Riyad Brewster or he tried to attack him or whatever. But I also think that why can they not just maximize security as well? I don't know if they can because there's so many thousands of people there. I mean, how many does the city ground? Is it 30,000? 30,000, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't know how, what 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 they can do there, but I, yeah. I, I, the thing is, you you just got to kind of it's so hard to police that sort of thing, and like I know it's it's, it's like different standards. Obviously, if someone runs on a picture of the game, arrested, banned for life. Some like if somebody obviously pitching base, you you're not really going to do anything. But I mean, I do think that police security at football games should could. Could and should be a bit tighter. I mean, you looked at that incident that happened at the Forest game against Leicester when the Leicester fan ran on and started throwing punches at Keenan Davis and Joe Worrell. And so, but the thing is, at the same time, the amount of police and stuff, you're not going to stop 20, like 25,000 people running onto a pitch. Like that's what, it's probably like a thousand person per, per marshal or guard. You know what I mean? It's, well, I mean, the, just the way it's got. I mean, because last week we spoke about our like routines going to games, and look, let's be honest, it most of the time we're semi-pitched or at least at least got, had a few in it. Very rarely I'll go go to a game completely sober. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, and everyone's the same, and it's like you can't really control it. What you go just ban people who have alcohol, you know, and it's. Because at the end of the day, that's probably what it's down to, and that. But there, I mean, the rest of the game is. I mean, that it's the way the the way of getting like all like whatever the word is, sappy or political. Whatever. It's, just, it's just the way that the world is now. It's the way everyone is. Social media. You put something on Twitter or anything, you can get called a cunt. Uh, so it's like it's just the way it is. Everyone's angry. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, I, I've got to admit, I'm I'm one, I'm one of these. I'm probably as guilty as anyone that I, I'll take joy out of other teams suffering. You know. Yeah. Working in a Leeds office, working a Leeds office, Leeds have a bad result. Way I'll see you in the championship next season, and then do you know what I mean? It's just taking joy out, out of others because because your team's shit. So it's just yeah. just be like a wind up merchant. But that's football for you. It's pretty toxic. Which uh, I'll also just say probably the last thing we'll talk about obviously with the Plows and Forest game. But I don't know whether you watched obviously the the TikTok um, is when they're they're chanting to. Uh, Paul Heckingbottom, you're a shit Neil Warnock. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, I in my drunken um, in my drunken self, I got kind of got a bit confused and thought they were chanting against Neil Warnock. And when I watched it back, I was like, <laughs> they were chanting saying how yeah. But I because that's the thing, both both him and Nathan Jones have both been really quite bad losers, I think. They have I don't think they took the defeats too graciously. I also couldn't say. I mean, Nathan Jones is in the past. He is that sort of character, mm. uh, so I'm not surprised at that one. What, what did Paul Heckenbottom? I mean, it's it's do? more. It's like going in from the first. I guess and obviously, Forest sec- uh, celebrated their second goal like they they should have got promoted and or they got promoted and mm. and then it's really like oh, we didn't deserve it. We deserve this. Like you should be motivating your teams getting to the next result and then. Jack Robinson again. He's a he's a former Forest player as well, and he's there criticizing the like criticizing the Forest fans and I'm like you again. You're not helping yourself. And I think there's a confrontation with Jack Robinson after the game as well, where he squared up to a Forest fan, leaving the ground. And I and I just mean it's like, tensions run high, obviously, but you should kind of think about your comments before you start winding up an opposition at their place, and you're obviously going to get given some shit. You know what I mean? Probably very controversial, so I've got to be careful what I say. But for me, that's an English mentality. <laughs> you lose, and then your back's up the wall. Blame others, especially yeah. when it comes to football. I don't mean in everyday life. Like um, that, that's definitely that's a Harry Maguire. I, let me phrase it: it's a Harry Maguire mentality. Let's just say that it's an English mentality. I don't want people to to shout on me or me, well, me and all my six followers. <laughs> well, I think this is probably a good opportunity to take a little break. Um, <laughs> okay. So yeah, after after the break, we're coming back and we're talking a bit about the Premier League this weekend with it being the final weekend of the season. And we might even just briefly uh, talk about the Champions League final as well. So we'll see you after the break. If you want to advertise here, please get in contact with the Full Time Whistle podcast. The following ads are spoofs. Please do not take them seriously. Are you between 21 and 30? Living in the Leeds area? Then a Scottish man is just for you. He has six followers on Twitter, but Aaron Bretman wants to find a lover. Let's talk to them himself. Aaron. Hey ladies, I am available in the Leeds area, 27 years of age. You can contact me on Twitter. I think my handles are AaronBed47 and you'll see me and all my six followers and you'll see all the good stuff on there. So please check me out. And now that is an offer you cannot refuse. If you'd like to advertise here, please get in contact with the Final Whistle Podcast. So welcome back to the Final Whistle Podcast. So we're about to just have a little preview of uh, the Premier League's final day. Um, at time of recording, there is some... Premier League fixtures tonight, which obviously um, could obviously change before this pod comes out. So, at the moment, as I say, Aaron, you have these results. Um, Everton are currently two 0 down away to, uh, at home to Palace. Are they? No way. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So at home. At home to Palace. Yeah. So Matata and um, Jordan Ayew have scored for for Palace. Get in. Yeah, That's brilliant. Going to the final day with well, 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 what's the Burnley score? That's currently nil nil. Ooh. So mm. as, as it stands, Leeds are still um, are still in the bottom. Um, 
in the bottom three, but that's because obviously Burnley are drawing. Um, and yeah, one point below Everton. Well, that's mad, that. And the thing is, well, well, the, I guess Arsenal still have something to play for uh, on Sunday, just about. And I'm sure we'll talk about them in a minute. But so it means that the Everton will probably lose at Arsenal. You think? Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, Arsenal will have a lot to play for, obviously, with their wanting to get into. In, obviously, again, it's in Spurs' hands now, but they'll have a lot to play for Arsenal. And again, Everton will have a lot to play for. So I think it's going to be a really big fixture on on Sunday. Well, I tell you, look, the, the thing is, though, seriously, if Leeds can win at Brentford, and I wouldn't put it past them, like it would be, it'd be a semi-shot, but it's definitely realistic. Burnley might only need a point against Newcastle. And, and, and then, because of the goal difference... Oh, I really hope Everton do not come back tonight because there's still loads of time left because I would just make it awesome on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's it wasn't a shock to say some of the results already this week, so just kind of just going over them quickly. Obviously, mm-hmm. Newcastle beating Arsenal. I think we both kind of thought that, that Newcastle would beat Arsenal and say yeah. another great performance by Newcastle as well. Oh, they were brilliant. They were actually brilliant, Newcastle. Give them all the credit in the world. They were very, very, very good. Arsenal, though, were so, so bad. Were really bad. I decided, given Arteta that new contract, I, I don't know what you think, Jack, about Arteta. I just think he comes across as really arrogant. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like it's all down to him. For me, for, me, for the last couple of years... He got he sort of stumbled on Saka and Mill Smith Rowe because of injuries at the time, and they've carried that team. And yeah, they're going in a good direction, but when the pressure gets on, there's no direct. You know, I, I don't even know. I've, they've completely bottled it. Big big mistake not getting a striker in January. They wanted uh, the lad is at UV now Vlasnic, um, whatever his name is. Is how you pronounce it? Um, yeah. And w- what what strikes me about that is they were definitely needed a striker. Aubameyang, it was all about uh, Arteta's ego, why didn't keep him until the summer. All about his ego. That's literally it. If you're going to get rid of Aubameyang, get a striker in. If you're going to willing to pay 60 million, 70 million for, for, for the UV guy, if um, then surely you go and get another striker. And if you don't get a striker, keep Aubameyang for six months. If you're going to say, you know, even if you're going to bring him off the bench, you can't be stuck with Enketia and Lacazette. You just can't. And then... Obviously, you've got Granit Xhaka coming out after the game, criticizing the players. It just goes around in circles with Arsenal, and it was it was it's more a case of the other teams being off it rather than Arsenal being on it this year. Mm. Um, but um, I mean, I, I don't know what you think about Arsenal, but but that is just for such a big game, mm. that performance is worse than unacceptable just because of the the circumstances. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. Um... Arsenal needed to get a striker. As soon as they agreed, as soon as Bamiang landed in Barcelona, they should have been phoning up five, ten strikers, seeing if they're available, if they could get somebody in. Um, and that, that's it. Enketi has probably played better pre the Spurs game. Enketi had a couple of good games. And, I, and he, the thing is, he's leaving at the end of the season as well. Like he hasn't signed a new contract. 
Fair uh, play to him as well. Fair play to him for not signing any of the contracts as well, saying, well, you know what, you're, you're not playing me. I'm going to go and get games. Um, yeah, because so, that's the thing. So they, they will sign a striker in, in, in the summer, and that's the thing. They'll just push and get you down the, down the pecking order again. But we said this the day that Arteta signed his new contract. It was just such weird timing. Going into the North London derby, without even securing the Champions League yet, it was such poor timing. Like I, I don't really understand why they made that decision to offer a new contract. Then I don't, I don't know if they were trying to like build momentum with the fans, and but it, it just seems like it hasn't worked out. And say, I think Arteta. I think if they stick with Arteta, I think things will, things will kind of probably stay consistent. I don't think they'll be challenging for titles or maybe the odds League Cup or something like that. But I think they'll be around the area they are now. So it kind of just says, what is the ambition about the club? How much are they going to spend in, in, in the summer? I think that, again, like most teams, like we said about Man United, it's going to be vital summers for these teams because they need to strengthen. Um, again, yeah, Jack after the game. Yeah, some players should have just stayed at home tonight. What does that say about the dressing room when you are currently in fifth? You've still got the possibility to put pressure on Spurs if you if you beat Newcastle. They could have gone back to fourth if they beat Newcastle. What is that saying about the mentality in the dressing room? Senior players, and, it, and, it, and it's not coming from a player who's at the a model professional. Zaka is the most irresponsible player out there. Uh, just sort of shifting responsibility on others. And I wouldn't exactly say he was brilliant on the pitch. He didn't have a very good game. I mean, don't get me wrong, Newcastle, the way Newcastle played, they could have beaten anyone really on their day. Yeah. Yes, you know, they were really, really good, but it's a manner of it. And Arsenal made them look really, really good. Um, yeah. I even think people like Ramsdale, who was the dog's bollocks first half of the season, just looks like a shell of himself of his confidence. And it's sort of like there was like a false confidence about these guys um, and you know Gary Neville was talking about you know how he just didn't trust Arsenal we've seen it for weeks didn't trust Arsenal yeah and it's actually it's actually because I'm reading a book just now and it's about confidence and if you have fake confidence if it's like false confidence people can see from the outside can see right through it and I say Gary Neville could like see that you know say Ar- you know Arsenal just don't trust them something about it just don't trust them yeah. and yeah, I mean, but look, it's not over till it's over because Spurs will be so up and down. And knowing, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Norwich went and if Norwich got resolved against Spurs. You just, you just never know. You well, just we never know. But I said every time I spoke about Spurs on the pod, I've always said that they, they turn up in big games and the teams they should be beating they struggle against. Norwich will be playing with freedom. Say so they've got nothing to, they've got obviously got nothing to play for now, um, which I think will probably put more pressure on Spurs. But again, I think they've got. A stronger dressing room and a stronger mentality at the club than than Arsenal. I think that a stronger manager, stronger manager. Yeah, Conte, as well. Con, since like Conte's come in and say they've had their ups and downs, but again, he's he has not really been playing with his his type of players. He's, he's obviously got, there's going to be some big changes at Spurs in the summer. I think wing backs will come in. Emerson Royale just doesn't cut it. He's not he's not a great player at all. Um, so yeah, I think I think. Well, probably let's go on to the Spurs game and let's say on to Sunday. So, yeah, Spurs, obviously Norwich, and then Arsenal, Everton. I think it's only going to... I think Spurs will take the fourth place now, I think. I think Arsenal, The thing is, Everton might even need a draw come come Sunday to, to obviously 
to stay up. So I think it'd be a very tricky game. It'll be a very tricky game. And um, as I say, I don't want Everton to stay up. <laughs> There's just something about Everton going down. They've never been relegated before. There's something about them going down, which I'd really like to see. I'd really like to see Leeds stay up. I know they're a, say, they're a rival of, of Forest, but I'd really like to see them stay up one more season. I'd actually like to see what Jesse Marsh would actually, who he'd actually sign. Like, I don't who yeah. is, I know what a Jesse Marsh sort of player is. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Someone, someone with a passion, heart, good work rate, probably. Um, ah, yeah, I'm, the only reason I don't, I, I would like Leeds to go down is just because just of location and the same league as my team. That's the only reason. I, I actually do quite like Leeds. I think they're a very likeable team. Um, but I just don't know. You just don't know. I, I think with Burnley, if Burnley can get a draw tonight, be perfect. Uh, if Burnley can get a win tonight, even better. Um, but I, I, it's it's getting quite tasty down at the bottom. I think I can see Leeds imploding. I can see Leeds imploding. But at the same time, I actually think out of the three, the one team out of the three that I don't think will go there is Burnley. I think I think I think it'll be either Everton. Or Leeds, which is why, because I've said it, Burnley probably will go down. But I think it'll be one or the other because Everton is certainly, or Everton can't go down, Everton can't go down. And then they, you know what I mean? But I, I'm very shocked to that result tonight. I mean, who knows how that finishes, but I'm very shocked to that. Um, yeah, I mean, so, um, so yeah, obviously Burnley drawing to, drawing to Villa right now. And yeah. say it looks, it looks like it's uh, Burnley have been, Burnley have been doing quite well they hope saved them a couple of times as well uh, from what I can see now but obviously on Sunday um, Burnley obviously facing Newcastle um, obviously we've just been saying how good Newcastle were against Arsenal do you think do you think obviously they've had their big farewell to their home fans after what's turned out to be a good season to them do you think they'll be off the boil a bit on come Sunday I always say with these games it's the same one when we talk about about the top of the table the first goal uh, generally, I, th- I think the first goal. If 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 Burnley get the first goal, tails are up. It will mean anything. Newcastle might just be a bit flat, being their holidays a little bit. Um, and saying that, anyhow, returning to Turf Moor is, is probably something from a personal standpoint. You know, it's probably a ground he always wants to do well at because he had a bad spell there. Mm. Um, so yeah. you never know. I said the first goal in these is so important. Um, but Newcastle definitely will, will keep going. They, they've actually been brilliant, Newcastle, but so, so they should when they spend 100 million. But I, I think it just shows you how you can spend 100 million, right? Really do. Um, I mean, the thing is, obviously, Bruno's just, they kind of, he started as like spell on the bench and kind of, I think he kind of got his feel for, his feel for the Premier League. And then ever since, say, last month or so, he's, he's been on fire. Just can't believe the team spirit there. I, I, you know, when you think of the first half of the season, like you almost forget that's the same season Steve Bruce was there and they had seven points after 14 games. Like, yeah, you, you actually forget they're going to have a top half finish. Yeah. Thinking that's unbelievable. And it's not one player's carried them, uh, I, you know. So even Almiron's looking like more of a world beater, you know, he's taking players on and looking a bit more lively. But Joe Linton is just brilliant at the moment. But um, yeah, look. Newcastle will definitely give it a goal. It won't be a walk in the park for, for Burnley. For me, it's just whether Leeds can keep their discipline against Brentford. It's about discipline because they've just gone off the boil in that, in that way with yeah. their discipline. And I can see them imploding if things aren't going right. 
just a bit imploding. They don't have their leaders out there. Yeah, it's it's going to be difficult. Uh, it's going to be difficult because Brentford have been brilliant as well. So uh, yeah. last game at home, had an unbelievable season. Um, I don't know. I mean, who, who do you think is going down? I, I hate to say it. I think Leeds are, you know, really out of the three. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Burnley. Okay. I, I think I think Burnley. I think. I really want to say Everton. I don't obviously said I don't. I don't want to say Leeds. I want to say Everton, but I think somehow they will manage to. I think Frank Lampard's a jammy bastard. He'll end up getting a fucking point from somewhere. Um, I've said it on all the pods that we spoke about Lampard. I've never really raised him as a manager, and I think again it's kind of shown. That it wouldn't surprise me if if he goes in the summer as well. This really wouldn't surprise me. Um, he can't rely on his mounts and. And Tamori's and people anymore at Everton. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say Burnley. Nice, nice. Um, and then when we look at the we look at the top of the table now. Um, yeah. Also so Burnley we'll, playing Villa tonight, and then yeah. Villa City on Sunday. Yeah, so it's uh, Man City Villa on Sunday, and then Liverpool versus Wolves. It's got tighter than thought. Obviously, after Man- Manchester City's result. Uh, last weekend, now just one point between between them. Um, do you think is it is it still done and dusted for City, or do you think it's going to be a bit tougher than you think on Sunday? First goal, honestly, the first goal. I the only part of me thinks I, I don't know if it's superstition or it was, I don't know what the right word is fate maybe. Mm. Ten ten years ago it was the Aguero game. Yeah, you just don't know. You just, you just don't know Stevie. I don't think everyone say, oh, Stevie G going back to Marseille has nothing to do with it. He's not on the pitch. He's not on the pitch. It's not Stevie G controlling the game, you know, playing for Villa. It's, I don't know, it's, it's marvellous. Whatever his name is, it's big marvellous midfield. It's a bit different from Steven Gerrard. Um, John McGinn, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's Sithis to lose, you know, and even there's like talk that Walker's going to be back, you know, Stones is going to be back. They were meant to be out for the game, so yeah. I would be shocked if City don't win. Shocked. Um, surely they've got to win. I mean, say, like, obviously, we probably talk to George more about this, but say Villa have had a very up and down spell under under Gerard. I think performance wise, I think yeah. performances under under Dean Smith are probably better than some of the performances I've seen under Gerard. I think the Coutinho factor when Coutinho first first joined, I think that that was quite a, a nice spell for them, but well, I'd say I don't really look out for the results much unless I'm doing a pod, but you kind of just see there's losses and draws and there's, there's not much fire about Villa. I think, we say that you don't rate Je- uh, Lampard's manager, I really don't rate Gerard as a manager, I really don't. Um, he's got a really good coach, coach there, Michael Beal, right? a really yeah. good coach and Gary McAllister is a pretty good man, man motivator. Yeah. I come back to that, that overlap episode we did with Gary Neville. Say, like, what's your philosophy? What's your style of play? He doesn't really have one. It's yeah. all very much like about your know, passion merchant a little bit. Uh, I don't. There's no game plan there. I think it's been a massive disappointment. And then you actually look at what Rangers have done in Europe this year, and it actually makes him look worse as a manager. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I, I just don't. 
rate him, uh, Gerard, first level. And definitely don't see him going to Liverpool straight after Villa. I think Liverpool would be off their heads to go for Steven Gerrard just because he played for the club at the moment. But, you know, look, wait another chance window he brings in his own players. But on paper, you look at it, he's got Bundia, and I love Bundia as a player. I just think, I don't think he's been used correctly in Villa. I don't think it was the right move for him. I've never really thought he was a winger. I think he's, he plays better in the number 10, even probably centre-forward role. I don't think he's... When he's played on the wing for Villa, I know he played on the wing sometimes for Norwich, but I think... When he plays centrally for Villa, it's, it seems to be a lot more creative. And again, when mm. you bring in a player like Coutinho, that kind of pushes Buendia out to one of the sides. Yeah, I think it was different when he was at Norwich because he was playing on the right, but he was playing narrow. And then, and obviously, he was playing a team that were dominating the ball. So you would have Max Aarons bombed in the right and creating the width, and he would be sort of in the right hand side, mm. um, but, but narrow. So basically, like a, a right forward rather than a, yeah. a, a winger. So and I totally get what you mean. He doesn't. He doesn't have pace. He's just technically very, very good. Um, and he, he rejected Arsenal to go to Villa. And I'm thinking he would actually be a lot better at Arsenal with that sort of technical style um, than, than than going to Villa. And I look at him and yeah, he, he should be doing so much better than what he is. Coutinho's fine, but he's playing with players that aren't at his technical level. But like people like John McGinn, as George was saying, hasn't had a very good season. Danny Ings is not really delivered as he, as everyone thought he would. Ollie Walker has been a bit hot and cold. Even Martinez has not been as wonderful I mean, as last season, but that was quite difficult because he was really good last season. Yeah, um, it's just it's just not been a very good year for them. But at the same time, it's it's not a disaster for them because they've got a good base to, to go on. But I, I would like to see them have a go on Sunday. I don't want it to be like over a half time. I'd like to see them have a fucking goal. Yeah. Um, and that, and then because Liverpool are going to beat Wolves, Liverpool are going to beat Wolves. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, so coming into that game, obviously Liverpool, obviously still going, going to get the treble now, um, the quadruple now. So that will kind of keep fire in their belly. Um, it's just if they have their their players fixed. Obviously, Salah didn't travel the other day. Um, did Van Dijk play in the end? Um, no. No, no. So it's nine changes. Nine changes. Yeah. So like it was, was, was Allison and it was Allison and I think Kanati were the only two that yeah that stayed. Yeah. Yeah. So strong squad. Really I, strong again, squad. They've got say, Liverpool. Talk about that depth and yeah. I mean, again, it look it's just say next man up again. It's been it's been working like that at Liverpool. Did Oxlade Chamberlain get a game? I didn't. Obviously, I was focused on the Forest game that night. <laughs> I don't know if he came on. He was on the bench. It's, um, it's been going well for him since he's the last season or so at, uh, at Liverpool. We can, you can see him probably going, making a move somewhere like a Brighton or Brian. Southampton again or something said like that. Said that at the same time. Said that at the same time. Yeah. Brighton, yeah. Yeah, yeah, could, yeah could, could definitely see that. Uh, yeah, no, if a fair play to Liverpool because he's better to go down. Um, yeah. Great goal by Redmond. Uh, really good goal and Miramino played in a really great goal against former club. Yeah. Um, that's just, and Firmino was brilliant. I, I think because Firmino was the main guy, you yeah. could tell that he was the main guy. Yeah. And he just took the game by scruff of the neck. He was very, very good. Got lucky with the winner. Uh, Joe Massip got very lucky with the winner. Um, yeah, I saw that. Bit, yeah. Was it on goal, wasn't it? I don't know if it went down. It was an on goal at the end. Um, but um, 
Nah, fair play to Liverpool. I'm, I'm glad they won because it just makes it interesting going to, to the final day of the season. Because because yeah. but it's a foregone conclusion anyway. Really, e- even if West Ham would have beaten City with the goal difference, it would have made a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, really. So it yeah. makes it doesn't really change much. Really, I I, I can't see anything but a City. A City win, unfortunately, and once again, it's. City, it's boring, isn't it? The Premier League, yeah. boring. Yeah. Well, I think in uh, obviously this being the second episode of uh, our Friday ra- Friday Ramble, it's been a bit more. It's been a bit more planned this week. We've obviously talking about the preview for the Premier League, but what I quite liked about last week's um, Friday Ramble was uh, that we ended up with we ended on questions. Um, so, yeah, okay. so I think that just to end today's pod, obviously the next Friday night Ramble there might be. Maybe a different, maybe a different face with us, or one of us might not be here. But I'm not here next Friday. I, yeah. I, I actually will I be here next. No, no, I won't be here next Friday. I'll be, I'll be down getting fucked. So actually, do you know what? That would be even perfect to come on, come on yeah. from, from where I'm going to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. I mean, there's definitely going to be more alcohol. In, we don't obviously don't drink alcohol, kids. But uh, <laughs> but we're definitely going to have a couple more drinks in this next week. So it's going to be probably a bit neater. Yeah. But so Aaron, I think. A good way to end today is who do you think has been the best January signing and who has been the worst January signing for a Premier League club this season? See, I, I think you asking me that makes me think that you've got an answer for that and that's put me in the spot. So I'm going to flip it. I actually I'm going to ask have, you that question. I don't have an answer for the best. Um, I only thought of the question um, halfway through when we were talking about well, do you know what? Well, well, I, I will, I will sort of stall and think of an answer and talk in my head. Well, for you, who's the worst then, in your opinion? How we think of my end? I think the worst signing uh, was Chris Wood at Newcastle. Um, I just think at the time it was such a a panic buy because they had the money to buy a striker, and I think he's been such a the wrong option to go down. Um, I even think if they would have explored the foreign market a bit more and even signed a player for half the money with probably half the reputation, probably would have got more goals out of him. I think 25 million, he's scored once. And he just hasn't seemed like he's been much of a threat for any opposition. Like, as we've kind of said, like Joel Linton's been playing really well. Um, I think the signings that Newcastle made, you Dan Burns and... I know Trippier was injured for a bit, but even when he first came in and since he's been back, I just think that that was such a waste of £25 million. You're right with the waste of money, but you're 100% wrong. He's not the worst because I've just got the worst and the best in my head and I don't think you can really argue with me. I could be wrong. Um, The best you definitely can't argue with me and I'd be very surprised if you could. The best is the obvious one. That's Luis Diaz. Right, it's got to be. It's got to yeah. be Diaz Liverpool. Um, I'm trying to rack in my brain who else in my January signings. I was just like in Newcastle with all those signings, Vaycourse and Burnley. I couldn't even think, but then I'm like, oh, Diaz. Like, yeah. That's just enough said. There's no, there's no real argument for that. Now, the worst by 150% is Deli Alley. 100%. So, for about him. Is that bad? I forgot about him. I didn't. I forgot exactly. Him. Yeah. Exactly. He's not made one start, Jack. He's not made one start. And apparently, the, the, the paper talk is that everything wants to upload him for twenty million. 
So basically, I don't know what the, how much Everton play, pay up for. I don't know how the deal worked, but it could uh, rise up to forty million if he plays a certain amount of games and add-ons. Honestly, like Deli Ali is, is what is going on there? I, yeah. That that guy is just finished. I don't. He should just go into clothing, fashion design, and yeah. I mean, I, I really used to like Deli Ali, especially Pochettino years at Spurs when he actually gave a shit. And then it kind of looks like you know the Amazon Prime documentary with when Jose Mourinho was at Spurs. Yeah. As soon as Mourinho went in, he got told he was a bad trainer. And then he had a he had like a brief good spell under Mourinho, then shit. And then and then even like he yeah he's played a couple of games at the start of the season under Nuno, but it's like he just gets found out by every manager I've seen since since Poch. And. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, well, I don't know where his career goes from here. Like, I, you, you're going to guess it's going to be abroad now. Like, you can't, you, you can't think he'll probably stay in England now. Oh yeah, definitely. I can see, it. I can see maybe, um, maybe not Roma, but I could see him somewhere in, in Italy or something, like that, or even America. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, just sort of fading away with that. But yeah, I've got, I've got a question for you. I think of Bruce Samba. You know yeah. the way he is is a is a and his shit house way when it comes to penalties, time wasting. Throughout, yeah. it's not. It doesn't necessarily need to be a game you've been at. Just from watching football, what goalkeeper has annoyed you the most in a in a football match with their shit house way? I think one keeper I've always had a dislike into has been Paddy Kenny. I used to really. I used to despise Paddy Kenny. Um, even though we never, he never really did anything to annoy me at Forest games. Like the times that he played, whilst he played for Leeds, I'd never got to see him play for Sheffield United. As we weren't in the same division at that point. But when he played for Leeds, um, like we all, we always won against him. Really, like there wasn't really a time where we lost. But I just never liked him. I don't know why. He's like one of those players I've just. Never liked. Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think back. Um, go on, you give your example, and I'll. And, and I'm gonna just have another think like you as well. You know, I can You know, as soon as I said the question, I was like, I didn't really phrase that right. And then, um, really, I can't really think of a of a moment with like Cardiff per se, a goalkeeper. Uh, I guess M- Michel Vorm didn't really like him. It's uh, he was just a wider complainer. But for me, it's Jordan Pickford. I just the way he just shouts at his team. When he makes a save, when he doesn't make a save, like he'll, he'll either blame them or he'll shout them to make himself look this big uh, leader. Not not a massive Jordan Pitford fan. He sort of gets under my skin a little bit um, mm. t- t- in terms of the way he is. Another one who I'm not really not a fan of is Thibaut Courtois. Mm. I don't know something about him that I just think oh, this is a bit, I don't know. I just think he's a bit of a I probably don't know just creation of this. I think he's a bit of a cunt. <laughs> I, just, well, I mean, there's going to be next to the podcast anyway. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, but uh, I don't. Yeah, but um, yeah. As soon as I said the question, I think I don't really have the best answer myself. Um, with that, anyway. But I mean, uh, that, look, I think I, I just don't know. I just think it's like. Again, with the there's just again like we've kind of said this on the podcast before. I mean, when when we did the episode where we named our best starting eleven, and obviously Luke's dislike of Son and just dislikes of players. 
as I now we've got Paul Ince going to Reading as manager. He's again, nobody seems like he's going to get so much shit wherever he goes next season. I don't know why. I don't mind him. I don't have an issue with him. I just, I just, I just never again, never, I've never liked his son. I've always thought his son was an arse. And then, a bit of an arse, so yeah. But yeah. I mean, right, 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 right. So who, who, oh, this is going to be a very tough one to answer. So top three most hated players of all time. Like and 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 to make it to make it sort of fair, let's not include like a, a direct rival. So I won't include like a Rangers or a Swansea player because that's too easy. That's too easy to go for like him. And probably that's definitely putting you in the spot because I think about it from my end. The players that really sort of, oh, you fucking hate him. You absolutely hate him. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is, it's hard because he did play for Derby, but is is he had yeah. like his spell at the end of his career at Derby? Right. But you've got to say Robbie Savage. Right. See, the thing is, I don't know. Did, did it really get under your skin? I, I like him as a pundit now, to be fair. Um, which is probably more controversial than me putting him in, because I know a lot of people don't like him as a pundit. Um, but I don't know, it's just the... Again, he, like, he walked around with arrogance like he was like a really good player. Like a swish of his hair and and his like little smile he did when he'd like done something wrong. And again, it's just just yeah, pure like fucking hands of the fist sort of thing. I mean it's yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of more modern ones though, like that that I've actually well, if it's if, sorry, if it's more than ones, Jack Grealish for me. Jack Grealish is number one for me. I honestly just the definition. Of an English bat, like an English bam, like I just I, I don't even know the word, like, maybe not even a bam, just like a, just an English twat. Um, stupid hair, stupid socks, doesn't like getting kicked, starts crying about the place, complains. Really, I just he really gets on the bus again in terms in terms of modern players. I would have to, I'd have to say him. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. I, I think also like I'm not. I think because of his penalty style. Um, I just think Jorginho, like I just don't, I just don't like the way he plays and say his penalties as well, just, it just oozes prick, do you know what I mean? Um, I like, I'm so Say Bruno. Glad, yeah, I know, I'm just like, I'm so glad like he missed that penalty against England in the, in the final. I know it didn't really mean anything, but in terms of the end result, but. He's doing them on the big stages and he's being a bit found out now, so, so that kind of makes me, that makes me happy. Yeah, I'm not a massive fan of him. I've just tried to think of, play, of, of players in the past. Just ask the question. I think God, every time I watch the game of football, I'm like, I hate him. I hate him. And now, now I can't think of anything. Yeah. So I, I hate more players than, than than I like. I just can't think of any. Maybe one of the best questions. The worst is when like a player that you a player that you kind of like or respected comes into um comes into like one of your rivals. So it's like. I've always been a big fan of Wayne Rooney, fucking manager mm-hmm. of Derby. Ashley Cole, when he he went to Derby, like I, I, just, I kind of had, I kind of liked him a bit. So that, I think that annoys me more than players that annoy me when they come to a club like Derby County. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no, I know exactly what you mean. Like even like I'm, I'm not a massive fan of Aaron Ramsey, but when he went to this is the card of connection and stuff, and then we went to Rangers, a bit like. Yeah. Did you have to go there? Did you have to go yeah. there? 
actually, I'm glad he went there because he fucked it. Fucked yeah. it. Get around them. Game over five minutes to go and then misses his penalty. It's again, I guess say that where I don't know where he's going. Where is he going to end up now? Like, I I can actually see him. Well, actually, he's he ruined it by going to Rangers because speaking about this today, actually uh, at work when when Ramsey was in UV, even though he wasn't playing, no one really knew what he was about. So everyone still had that reputation, you know, that image of Ramsey that he could still do a job in the Prem. But yeah. now he's proven that he can't stay fit. He's he's, he's lost that sharpness. If you're a Premier League club, you don't really want to take the punt of him because of the money he's on and, and with his um mm. with his injury record. But if his good buddy comes home to the same thing, Cardiff, could Ramsey do the same thing? Who knows? Do I do I really want them there? Ability-wise, hell yes. <laughs> yes, of course I would want them there, especially Bale, I would want them there. But as a footballer, I mean, talk about hated footballers. Bill, Bill's right up there for me, believe it or not. I'm really not a Gareth Bale fan. It's always a Gareth Bale show. Mm. And there's only one man that can pull off It's My Show. And for me, and that's Latin. I don't think anyone else can pull it off like It's My Show, It's Me. Even Messi and Ronaldo, I just don't like the way that they do it. But it was Latin. I don't know something about it. It is Latin show. You've got like the confident arrogance that people like. Do you know what I mean? It's not like the, the smugness. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, oh, look, if Gareth Bale came to Cardiff next season, especially with the drafts that we're signing at the moment, um, it would be... I would, I would, I would take it. So if, if he signs, definitely do a championship preview next season because that, yeah. that would be yeah. uh, that would be great. That would be brilliant. Um, yeah. Well, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that was all the questions I had <laughs> off the top of my head. I think it's, yeah, it's probably a good, a good place to end. Um Again, let us know if you did like this pod. And if you've got any questions for us whenever we do a uh, Friday Night Ramble, please uh, drop us a message on on Twitter or Instagram. Um, Again, socials will be in the description of the podcast on Spotify. Um, Any final words, Aaron? Any final words? Did you you hear that advert halfway through the pod, by the way? No, well, I don't know. The, 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 there was some ad about some uh, some lovely single guy in Scotland or something like that. I don't yeah. know. I wasn't listening to it properly. But what what I will say is his voice sounded quite sexy. So Yeah, he's got that Scottish charm. Yeah. Uh, I thought that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we'll definitely, we'll definitely probably for the next time remove all ads like that. Just, yeah. just, just for future episodes. I think we could do some more, hopefully, some more professional adverts uh, in the future. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, um, on that note, so we've got a busy week probably next week as well on the pod. Um, I've got an interview booked in with the 1865 Forest podcast. I think George is going to do one with a Huddersfield podcast as well, uh, previewing the playoff final. Um, again, we'll be reviewing the final weekend of the Premier League and then previewing the Champions League final as well. So it's going to be a busy week on the full time whistle next week. So Thank you for joining us and hope you enjoyed. Um, Please give us a like, share, follow on anything that you see and uh, we'll see you next time.